Good evening, Vancouver. Welcome back to Canucks After Dark, October 30th, the final show of October, the final show before Halloween. And we've got the second place team in the Pacific Division to talk about tonight. And as always, talking about them with me will be my co-host, Canuck Clay. How are you doing tonight, Clay? Parker, I'm great. I'm great because it's eight games in the season, despite you and I both getting over colds, and I'm not sure people in the in the chat will be able to hear it. We are actually scoreboard watching at the end of October. And it's, we're not watching yeah. because we need to catch up. We're watching because we want to keep teams below us. It's an amazing feeling. <laughs> it sure is. I mean, keep every night seeing these Calgary and Edmonton scores is just... It's just beautiful, right? And it's not like I love it. It's not like last year when it was like, man, we need them to lose a lot and we gotta win a lot. It's like, hey, if we, you know, they keep losing some, we keep winning some. We, if we, it's a lot easier to play ahead than it is to play from behind. And the road gets a lot easier if teams like Edmonton and Calgary are not living up to their expectations because, yeah, then you really, I mean, then there's no one left, really, right? It's Vegas, you and L.A. Anaheim is doing something, but I don't think that's going to be sustainable. Um, yeah. So who knows? Yeah, and I know we'll, we'll get uh, once we get through our intro, we'll get into the games. We'll get into where the Canucks sit in the, in the Pacific Division based on uh, expectations versus reality. But the fact is, I heard a stat today, Parker, that Thomas Drantz was saying Calgary already has to play at a hundred and two point pace just to get to the ninety four point playoff bar where we only have to play at a 92-point pace, which would make sense. We're slightly below 94 because we we're over 500. So Calgary basically got to outplay us by 10 points now, which is crazy, which is crazy. It is, yeah. The numbers the numbers get a little wild in that regard. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess sure. it makes sense. I mean, Calgary's got five points through nine games. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's actually crazy, like a minus 15 goal differential. Uh, I mean, the Oilers are 2-5-1. The Flames are 2-6-1. Uh, they're no San Jose, you know, no one's competing <laughs> with them. They're 0-8-1. Um, of course, you know what's going to happen on Thursday night now, now that we make fun of San Jose, yes, but... Yeah, San Jose has nine goals in nine games. <laughs> I, the, I, I, like, I don't think they score more than one at this pace, yes, so... Yes, yes. Um, yeah, we got a, we'll have a fun show tonight, though. We've got yep. three games to go back and mm-hmm. recap. We've got four this week coming up, so uh, we'll talk about all those. We'll give our predictions for the upcoming week, uh, as always. Yes. Um, it's, uh, it, it was a good week though for the Vancouver Canucks. I mean, last week when we spoke, it, the Canucks were coming off of two tough losses and then a yep. win over Florida, um, which sort of brought the wind back under our sails and they were three and two. And we looked right. at the upcoming schedule saying Nashville's beatable. St. Louis is beatable and the Rangers are going to be tough. And we yep. both sort of said, Hey, two wins out of three would be good for yeah. the week. And, uh, and we got a little more than we asked for. Did we even go as far to say, Parker, that they'd go 2-0-1? Or did we say 2-1? I can't remember. I, I think I said I hope they'd go 2-0-1, but I think I okay. said 2-1. and one. Yeah, and I usually um, disagree with what you said, so I'm pretty, pretty sure that I said 2-1 too. <laughs> fair enough. Um, yeah, it all started uh, against the Preds. This was the last game of their five-game road trip. So, and, and again, you know, coming to this one, we were like, hey, well, if they beat the Preds, you know, going 4-2 and two, or being 4-2 and two after playing five of your first six games on the road – that's a great start, right? Um, this isn't a team really that, I mean, historically the Canucks, I mean, the last couple of years, I think they've been worse at home than on the road sometimes, which is bizarre. But um, yeah, they go into they go into Nashville uh, and uh, a pretty good game from the Preds. I mean, this is a game that we did game over Vancouver together yes. uh, after that one. Uh, just the, the first stat that stands out to me from this game, Nashville had 18 shots on goal. Canucks only had 24, very yeah. low event game. Yep. But the Canucks absolutely smothered the Predators in this one. And we were joking around before we came on. It feels like we talked about this game before because we talked about this game before. It was your first game over Vancouver. You did a great job, by the way. I'm so happy to have you on there. And yes, you're right. This is the game where for the first time, either the Canucks or the opponent didn't completely dominate the other team for one of the periods, right? We talked about game second period was always bad. Then I think it was the game before this, the Florida game where we got smoked in the third period. This one, actually, maybe we dominated the second period, 13-5, to five, but overall, just a solid workman-like. I, I remember saying to you that night, too, it never felt like the Canucks were in trouble. Yeah, and I disagreed with you, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not right. necessarily from a realistic perspective, but from a perspective of they find, they, I just, I just, I don't like one goal leads, and I just feel sure. like they're going to blow it. 
Uh, especially because that third period did swing in Nashville's favor uh, a fair right. amount. Score effects, of course, play a big part of that. Um, yeah, this game starts off, uh, Canucks score early. Um, you know, UC Saros, always a tough customer, but Mikheyev just sort of threw one on net from That's right. a mile away, and he just missed it. Uh, so the Canucks had an early lead. <laughs> Colton Sissons tied it. Uh, I don't remember this goal. I do. Uh, oh, Tyler Myers the, tried to, yeah. I do. I do remember it. This is you broke it. You broke it down so well but it's it's wrong. Um, it was assisted by Tyler Myers, uh, and it's the thing is, since that has happened, Tyler Myers has had a redemption game, uh, which you said would happen in this game, uh, but it already got broken that by that goal. I think was was what we said. Uh, no, it was the other one. It was, it was, it was, it was the, the other Tampa. goal that he that he yeah, yeah, yes, right. Yes. Um, yeah, so I, I'm not actually looking back on it, not as a, not as upset, you know, but yeah. I, an egregious giveaway <laughs> passing egregious. it right to Golden Sissons, uh, yes. who walked in and scored uh, to make it 1-1. That says we're going to sing his praises when it comes to Saturday's game. But oh, we'll get to we that. absolutely are. We absolutely are. That was the best game he's ever played uh, in Vancouver. Ever. ever. Um, second period, uh, 22 seconds in. This was the weird one, uh, the oh, yeah. Phil DiGiuseppe goal, where Quinn Hughes sort of lobbed it. Bounces, yeah. tumbles, tumbles. Besser chips it, tumbles, tumbles. Phil DiGiuseppe just sort of swats at it and it goes in. Um, yeah. A real tough one for the goalie, but uh, PDG gets on the board. Uh, Niels Hoaglander scores about three minutes after that. Uh, do you remember what the, the Hoaglander goal was? Yeah, deflection. Uh, Hronick from the right to Hughes on the left, and then a shot, yes. wrist shot. And then uh, two guys, I think it was Hoaglander and Lafferty that were in front of Saros. Yeah. Right. And, and Hoaglander has shown quite a bit lately um you know from being a guy who was you know on the edge of making the team on the edge of of you know being in the lineup uh the last couple of games hoaglander has has looked good and i i know we're not talking about last uh or saturday's game yet but i mean he's only getting like what did he get in this game for ice time he got uh nine minutes in this game i feel like he's getting nine minutes a night in every game that's what he had on <laughs> saturday too and they are a very impactful nine minutes every time he's out there yep he's uh I think he's he's figured out what he needs to do to succeed at least for now. He's a bottom six player for now. He has the skill. I think Parker would agree to be in the top six if there was room and it, once he matures. But for now, on his cheap contract, be a serviceable nine ten minutes because uh, he doesn't play any uh, any special teams, right? Power play nor or penalty kill. That's why right. he's never going to get past the twelve minute mark and even on his best days. So um, yeah, just just work hard, be a buzzsaw, be be kind of tough to play against, and that's what he's doing. Absolutely. Uh, and then uh, Kyle Sherwood, Kiefer Sherwood, uh, Kiefer, I think Kiefer, Kiefer Sherwood. Um, yeah, uh, he scored. <laughs> By the way, this is for uh, Peter. Peter is saying that I got to get some hauls into me, so I got it. I'm ready. You, you probably should. Uh, this is one that uh, they came in three on two, yep. played it across one timer. Yeah, great goal. Honestly, nothing that uh, not that the goalie could do really there. Um, and I mean, the Canucks dominated the second period. They beat them in the second period, two to one. Shots were thirteen to five. Uh, it was it was a it was a really good bounce back because it was yeah. coming off of games where they got absolutely shelled in the second period. So for them to come out and actually yes. you know perform and you know especially coming in tied, it's like all right, well they've they've been terrible in second period so far. Um, Rick Tockett must have said something that got them going because their second period since have been pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and by the as Spartan, by the way, I know we're going to get to this. Thank you for the donation. When will our coaching staff learn to count to five or four technically? But I hear what you're saying. Too many, too many men penalties, but we'll, we'll get to that for sure. Well, they're, uh, maybe they're just really good at counting to six. And that's, maybe that's their <laughs> that's, problem. That is true. That is true. So I think um, because Sherwood scored basically halfway through the game, it was the the whole third period. There were no goals. But do you remember that Friedman and the Myers took those back-to-back -back penalties <laughs> in the third period. Yeah, I do. Yeah, there Friedman's was the, hilarious. Friedman, Friedman just tackled Ryan O'Reilly into the net. And then Myers, what am I, did he just like cross-check yep. the guy who's in the back? Just yep. crushed, yeah. Um, yeah, and they were like right, right when the first penalty expired, Myers. So that was stressful, right? And, and you were saying, oh, there was, it was never really in doubt. That was that felt in doubt, but then I think the Nashville guy Evangelista got a penalty. Um, I think he set a pick, um, if I remember correctly, on yes. on Herotic. Yeah, uh, and yeah, then yeah, that yeah. took him off the power play, and the Canucks were basically able to ice it there. And then, this is the game that Pedersen missed two empty nets, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Yes, he did. Now, that was yeah. fun. 
Very uh, yeah, because yeah, who, there wouldn't have been one in the in the St. Louis game up five nothing. Yeah, the first yeah, we I know we were making fun of not making fun game over. We were trying to analyze it. One of them hit the post, so whatever you you missed by two inches. The other one though, I'm not sure why he was curling it to the corner. He must have someone must have defended him or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was. Uh... It was the second one. He tried to get too nice with it, right? He, he okay. like, tried to finesse it down, ah. and then it just caught an edge and rolled to the corner, uh, which was uh, you know he just he overthought it, which sucked. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, a, gr- a great start to the week and a team that they should beat: Nashville, Minnesota, Winnipeg, all, St. Louis. All these teams that we're going to be battling for for one of those wild card positions when all is said and done. At least that's what we thought. So good win, good win. Yep, absolutely. Um, then. Uh, Three nights later, because they keep getting these uh, these little gaps. Yeah, that's right. Uh, they take on the St. Louis Blues. They come back home, uh, and this was one of the most oh. dominant Canucks games we have seen in years. Um, Quinn Hughes had a standout game. The Canucks spent the entire game in the St. Louis end. Um, I mean, shots in the first period, nineteen to three. Uh, they Ooh. only scored one. That Quinn Hughes goal. Uh, that little wrist shot down the left wing. Uh, yeah. So first period goes by, right? Shots are 19 to three scores, one, nothing. Are you a little stressed that the Canucks didn't capitalize on some of those and maybe thinking, Hey, the blues are going to come back firing in the second. Uh, yeah. I was at this game Parker. And I certainly was lamenting the fact that we went over for, I, I, I get it. The fourth penalty kind of uh, straddled the first and second period, but in essence, they went over for three and a half on the power play. And there was a part of me that said, Oh man, this is gonna be one of those where we're going to like I said, lament not scoring one of those. But then I just saw St. Louis didn't have any life, at least in the first period and second period. So I actually wasn't too worried. And you know how much we joked about this last week, how much we hate Jordan Bennington. So I, I had a feeling we'd win. That's just my feeling. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, second period, uh, you get that Quinn Hughes goal where he sort of backhands it into a scrum and it banks in. <laughs> Best goal. Um, great goal. Uh, you have Phil Giuseppe getting sent on a breakaway. Yes. Um, from I think Myers set that up for him, uh, which was a nice little play up to him. Uh, yeah. And he scores. And then you have the Canucks going on the PK uh, in a three nothing game against the worst power play in the league. Essentially. I think they were, they, it was single digits when they showed it on screen in that game. Um, and I think they someone passed it. I think it was Krug put it right on yep. Patterson's tape, right from the bench. Just, yeah, little, yeah. just flipped it over to Myers and Myers just skated in and scored. Uh, burned Bennington, beat him on the backhand. That's actually what the thumbnail of this video is, I think, um, or this uh, this stream. So good, um, good, and that made it four nothing. And then, uh, yeah, Mikheyev scores in the in the third. Uh, also a breakaway, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was um, a beautiful uh, three three way passing play at the blue line. It was actually quite skilled that play. Yeah, yeah, Pedersen yeah. sort of broke it up. Kuzmenko took it, played to Pedersen, then to yeah. Mikheyev threw on the breakaway, and he scored. Yeah. So yeah, five nothing. Um, I, just a walloping. Uh, you know, first period was the real blowout, nineteen to three. The shots. Second period sure. were, were basic. Second and third were basically even. Um, I, I literally, I remember, I, I made a video after this game, and I didn't have much to say. <laughs> it was like they they were so dominant, and they just outplayed St. Louis at every step of the way. And it was the first sign of you know the team Kate was four and two coming into this game. This was a real like, oh, this team might be legit. Right, like yep. that. This and the first ga- first two games of the season, yeah, um, where they yeah. essentially came out and they looked, they looked like, oh, they can, they can just have nights where they completely shut teams down. Yeah, honestly, Parker, it felt like 2010, 11, 12, 13, where the, mm-hmm. the Canucks would just stomp people, and you'd you'd expect the team to win. And even but back in the day, even when the Canucks went down one or two goals, you still expected them to win so i know we're not at that level yet but that game certainly and it, they, you know there were a couple you know you might remember philip ronick he blew a tire in the in the neutral zone so that they had a breakaway but demko was awesome obviously or as good as he needed to be so uh, i think they were a little bit um more loose as the game went on you can't have a perfect 60 minute outing but this is certainly a dominant 60 minute outing for sure i loved it I, I loved every single moment of it i loved it yeah it was absolutely yeah. fantastic yeah um and a real just coming out game for Quinn Hughes. Uh, yeah. He's been so, so good. And we've been talking he's pretty about good. so much, but yeah. absolutely fantastic. Um, and then they get to essentially their scheduled loss. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's the second night of a back to back. It's on Hockey Night in Canada, which, you know, they'll show up for a bit, but you're against a top team in the league, uh, a team yep. that's projected to, you know, break the 100 point barrier. 
uh, a team that is absolutely fantastic. And the Canucks decided that they were going to show up on the second night of a back-to-back and absolutely hang in there um, against the New York Rangers. Parker, I want to talk about this game, but speaking of showing up, I don't think we've ever had someone gift 20 memberships in one shot. So we won't read all 20 people because YouTube's still uh, (laughs) doling them out. out. But thank you, Carol. That is awesome. We we appreciate your support. Thank you very much, Carol. That is great. And members, we will start doing stuff for you once we figure out what we're doing. Thank you, members. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, so Parker, yeah, so you're saying, yeah, schedule loss. And this is the one we knew that they'd have trouble with. Actually, I over I was overthinking in my predictions. I actually thought the Canucks would lose to St. Louis and then beat the Rangers, but mm. you could tell they and Rick Talkett even admitted as such they were not gonna run and gun. Uh, by the way, I was at this game too. Savannah Jad, I don't know how it comes across on TV. He is so fast. Like I know he's 30 years old. He is so good on the ice about it. This is the first time I think I've seen him live because I never saw him when he was with Ottawa. So impressed. Anyways, Rangers are a fast team, Panera and Fox, da da da. I think the Canucks intentionally tried to keep it low event and it worked for a while until the re- I'm not blaming the rest until the Canucks put themselves in penalty trouble. Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah. Joshua goes to the box and then during the kill Phil Peronic puts it over the glass, which yeah. is that just hurts. So it's a five on three for uh, over a minute, I believe. Uh, and Panarin just, they like, they had so much time pass it around. Panarin eventually just wires it through. Yep. Um, so the Rangers have a one nothing lead after one, the shots are eight, seven uh, yep. analytically. It's like very even. It, it is a, a very tight game, uh, but the Canucks are down one uh, and, and to yep. no fault of, of the goaltending because uh, the goaltending was pretty good. Um, all uh, you know, all week long. Uh, even though DeSmith statistically didn't look great, they were all they're all power play goals essentially that we'll get to. Um, yes. Second period, uh, Canucks showed up. They they absolutely showed up. Shots in the second period ended up being nine to five. They were just keeping everything to the outside, keeping a lot of play in the Rangers zone, and not letting them get much through. Uh, Canucks go to the power play uh, in the latter half. Um, I think it was a power play that didn't look that good, if I remember correctly. And then they set up once, and then a heronic shot that JT Miller is just reaching so far out and just tips it uh, and gets it through. Yep. And essentially, four minutes left in the second period, they tie it up. Yeah, I guess Heronic, I don't, how late was this on the power play? Because obviously, Heronic's out there. So there was like but, five seconds left on the power play by the time it went in. Okay, okay. So I'm not sure why Miller and PD, well, whatever. Uh, actually, uh, Rick Talkett did say he thought he kept PP1 out there for, for too long in spurts, but at least this time, at least uh, with Miller and PD, it resulted in a goal. And yeah, very important goal because I think one nothing at the end of a back-to-back against a strong Rangers team, that might have been a lot to ask for, not even notwithstanding what was going to happen with the refs and the calls. So a huge goal with only four minutes left. And yeah, it was a... I don't even remember. Do, did you watch this game on TV, Parker? Yes. Did you see at the end of the, this was at the end of the period where Hoglander iced it with five seconds left. I don't know if they said anything on TV, but this happened right in front of me. And we all were looking at the clock. DeSmith was yelling at him five seconds left. And he still, he kind of hurriedly, and you just kind of prayed that, uh, you know, the Rangers wouldn't score a late goal and just be a, a complete morale buster. And, and thankfully they didn't, but it just, mm-hmm. whatever, just a small play I noticed, but I'm not sure if you, if you yeah. make mo- note of it as well. Yeah. I don't, I didn't remember that, but yeah, yeah, fair enough. It's one of those, yeah. those are scary. Cause those, those kill you. Yeah, they do. If, if you, you, yeah. you, especially anything in the last minute, you know, especially you battle hard in the second period, you, you hold the Rangers to five shots, you tie Best. the game up. That's not how you want to give the lead back up. Exactly. Exactly. So three, one, one going to the third, all good. And uh, I don't know how it came across on TV. The crowd was really into it. Saturday night game against the the Broadway mm-hmm. Bullies. Not the Broadway Bullies, the, the, the Rangers. It was good. It was good. Yeah. Uh, third period comes along. Uh, yeah. And the Canucks get some penalties. Uh, oh. They had a power play that they did nothing on, uh, if I remember correctly. Uh, and then PDG takes a high sticking penalty, double minor, um, which is a killer. Yeah. One one yeah. game. Again, you're holding the Rangers to not very much. Uh, and then. Tyler Myers makes this really nice play on the wall um, to essentially break up a play. And the Rangers decide, hey, we're going to, I don't know if they went for a change, it looked like. 
but they just sort of all disappeared. And it didn't make sense they made a change. It was like 20 seconds into the power play. Um, but yeah, they sort yeah. of laxatively come back, and then Myers just sort of looks up, and instead of icing, he's like, oh, I'm just going to skate up for a bit. And then he just keeps skating up. And again, he's sort of untouched, and he comes in and just shoots it, an absolute snipe um, past, uh, past Shesterkin, and all is redeemed for Tyler Myers. It was a... Honestly, a, a fantastic game from him. And I had it in my notes before he scored yep. that I was like, he was in my plus column. I was like, he's yep. been fantastic. He's been winning board battles. He's been breaking up plays. And then he goes out and does that. Uh, absolutely yep. clutch. Huge, huge goal. And I saw your tweets when you're, you're singing his praises. I thought that was pretty funny. That goal happened right in front of me, uh, third period. So it connects and, uh, I mean, Rangers and connect shooting. And he, did you see him fist pumping? Like he was pumped, man. He, oh yeah, he, th- he thought he had the GWG right there for sure. <laughs> yeah, he forgot that there was still four minutes of penalty left, and that they were going to take another penalty right after that. Um, that was his mistake uh, in all yeah. that. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, Tyler Myers has had one goal in each of the last two seasons. He's got two this year. Wow, he's on pace for he's on pace for like twenty goals. Yes, that's pretty good. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, but yeah, that power play continues and then the Canucks take a too many men penalty. So it goes to five on three. Uh, and during that, uh, we get an Adam Fox goal. This was just a a really nice play from Panarin. Uh, this Mm -hmm. is a set play. The Rangers have been running all game where they essentially stick a guy next to the post and the D man just fires it at them and they tip it, uh, into the net Uh, essentially. Um, so hit the post on that earlier. Adam Fox is down there and he tips it basically top shelf. Um, to tie it at two and there's oh go ahead right yeah no just before you get to the next i would need to ask you i never watched the replay they obviously don't show a replay of this kind of thing at rogers arena so i i've never seen it was it a legit too many men call i know given the circumstance the connects already down one tell me about it tell me about it so the too many men call essentially what happens is elias petterson i believe loses the puck in the uh, in the offensive zone yeah. Uh, the Rangers are moving up the ice and Pedersen yeah. is skating back kind of slowly <laughs> and essentially against the boards. Okay. Like, to, like, but like towards where the bench is. Right. Yeah. But he's yeah. sort of at, he's sort of just inside the Rangers blue line. Um, and he's going slow as if he was going to change. Um, Joshua then jumps over yep. and Elias Pedersen doesn't go into the bench. He skates and sort of takes one stride towards the play, yeah. sees that Joshua's on, and then immediately ducks off and gets off yep. the ice. Yeah. So Joshua came on a little early. Yeah. And I think the rest probably saw that one, maybe the Canucks got an advantage because Joshua came on early and sort of was yep. close to the play. Or maybe it was that Pedersen clearly wasn't going off when the guy went on. So it was just sort of a miscommunication. It looked like, I, but I, it, I think it's a, I think it's a real penalty. Did it affect the play at all? No, it did not. See, this is the because, thing, Parker. Like, because uh, the, yeah, not, because Joshua know. was on the near side or the bench side yeah. of the ice, and the play yeah. was on the other side. So I'm not complaining. I, I I'm the least. I, I mean, I mean, not the least guy. That doesn't make sense. I'm. I rarely complain about the refs. Uh, but I just think situationally, why do you call that when a team's already down one? That's the part I don't get, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's yeah. just cause I think it's just, be, I don't think it tightly has to affect the play. I think yep. it's, you know, if you just have yeah. six guys on the ice and they're all doing something <laughs> different, um, it's just too many. I guess it was, it was five yeah. at that time. Um, Spartan yeah. at, pays $2 to ask you, Parker. Thank you, Spartan very much. Is it the players or coaches can't count? That's simply that's that's not a coaching thing right like J- joshua i thought that one's probably not no i i yeah. honestly i it's jo- it's both it's joshua and Patterson's fault right Patterson really yeah. made it look like he was going to change joshua yep. really shouldn't have jumped until he knew Patterson was coming off right, um, right, right but right. he saw that the rangers were coming to the offensive zone he's like i gotta get out there and 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 support so yes. i mean it was sort of heat of the moment and uh sure. just unfortunate okay thank you thank you please please continue with your great uh recap <laughs> yes, then Zabinajad scores um, moments later. Uh, His first. Just, yeah, and this was just Weird. a s- complete scramble play. Uh, rebound comes up to a-, a pinching Adam Fox, and he just, instead of shooting it, which everyone expects, he fires it across to Zabinajad, who rips it home um, yeah. to make it 3-2. And this one, that one hurt. You know, again, yeah. they've been hanging with him all game. Every single period has been even, including this one, except for the penalties. Uh, and the Canucks have, you know, they let it slip. Um, yeah. But then 
Philip Heedle takes one of the silliest penalties I've seen uh, for closing his hand on the puck, where essentially he falls, puts his hand on the puck instead of like punching it, does a little shimmy with it, and then slides it over. Super <laughs> easy call. Um, so he goes to the box. Canucks set up in the zone. And in a game with six and a half minutes left, down a goal against a very, very good team, they had one of the worst power plays I've ever seen. Like it was, they were absolutely useless on this power play. They did, they set up like a couple times, but nothing got going. They yeah. got nothing through, and then they finally get set up right as the penalty expires. Heedle comes back into the play, and uh, and then Carson Soucy just fires one from the point, basically. Um, they he just gets a pass and steps in, fires it far side. Lots of traffic in front. It gets through, and the Canucks have tied it. So you're telling me in a span of six and a half minutes, both Tyler Myers and Carson Soucy score goals. Yes, that is what I'm telling you. It's a yeah, miracle. That, Truly that a miracle. Pretty, and I know you and I have talked about this before, both here and Game Over and our own things. Uh, Soucy has scored, you said, you told me ten, two seasons ago, he scored 10 goals, right? So he can yeah. score. He can, he can score. score. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's got a ten, yeah, 10 goals in 2021-22. And his first full season, I mean, he had seven goals in 55 games, the Wild. Yep. So yep. He, uh, he's put some pucks in the net before. Speaking of 10, Terry, thank you for the $10 donation. Thank we you. appreciate it, Terry. Thank you. Yeah. Maybe I should, we should have talked about PD's 40 goals and then Terry would have, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's fine. Thank you, Terry. Um, thank you very much. Um, yeah, so the Cucks forced overtime. Yep. which is great. Uh, Rangers had a lot of pressure late in the third, but the Canucks held on. Uh, we go to overtime, and the Canucks are absolutely dominant. In yes. Just yes. everything. You have a Kuzmenko breakaway that oh. just gets a piece of the glove. But right before that, Kuzmenko dangled two guys and had a really good chance. Oh, that was, was amazing. He, yeah. Kuzmenko was was having a fantastic OT. The Canucks looked like they had it in the bag. They just couldn't beat Shesterkin. Shesterkin yeah. was was unbelievable. And then we have the now infamous play where uh, Elias Pettersson tries to make a move on Chris Kreider. Chris Kreider hangs the leg a bit. They their skates collide. Pettersson goes down, and then they send uh, and then Kreider and and Keandre Miller go the other way. Yes, uh, and then they score, and that's it. I've seen so many. Oh, by the way, just before we get to the controversial non-call, um, that toe drag—not the breakaway, but the the toe drag one that Kuzmenko yeah. did—two amazing shots and hand-eye, like his first shot and then his hand-eye to get to bat the rebound. But even two better saves. Shesterkin gets the glove out, and then he's in the same motion. He catches the second one. Oh, it was nuts! It was nuts. Yeah, yeah. Shesterkin was fantastic. Um, okay, but yes. yeah, it's so uh, back, it's, yeah, yeah, and and. I, I sort of said in my video after the game, like a yeah. fantastic game, um, yeah. a fun game, a game that either side could have won and it would have been fair. Just an awful way for it to end, right? If the Rangers had scored an OT and the Canucks lost, they're like, wow, you know, hey, they earned a point. Well done. Yeah. Um, but they didn't deserve to lose like that. I watched uh, your video. You're pretty mad, man. That's the most I think I've seen you mad. I was, and a big part of it was the six penalties called on either side, right? Twelve yeah, penalties yeah. were called in this game, yeah, uh, and that wasn't one of them. And that <laughs> that was the part that really hurt. And again, I, it's not that I care, like I, the point hurts, right? But like there was no, it was fifty fifty whether the Canucks were getting a point there, right? Right. It was probably right, going right. to a shootout, um, right. otherwise. So fifty fifty. Um, so the Canucks lost half a point, let's say, from that play not being called, expected yeah. wise. Sure. Um, sure. And that that hurts, but it doesn't it doesn't matter that much. It's just like it's just such a lame way for such a fun hockey game to end. Yeah. That's the part I, that, that that's sucks fair to me. That's fair. That's fair. And I, I know you're not a homer. I know you're very unbiased. And I've seen different angles, Parker. I've seen yes, Kreider six his leg. I've seen other angles where people are claiming, and not even just Rangers fans. People are claiming that PD was the one who who was weak on his skates and skated wide. Whatever, 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 whatever. It's just it was just tough because then PD's gassed and he had to pick himself up. Kuzmenko's gassed comes a three on one and Hironic, I think played it well at the start. He took away the pass is what you're supposed to do. But then you know, whatever it's three on one and his two other guys aren't really helping. So you can only do so much. And then the pass ends up getting across. Yeah. 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 It was great. Oh. It, it was a nice goal, but yeah, just a, a lame way for it to end. Um, but all in all, you look back and that is a win against Nashville, a win against St. Louis and a point against the Rangers. Five points in three nights is uh, is yeah. a pretty good week for the Canucks. Yes. So where does that put us, Parker, in the grand scheme of things? 
Grand scheme of things, that puts the Vancouver Canucks second in the Pacific Division behind the 9-0-1 Vegas Golden Knights. They're going to catch them. Yeah, no yeah. one, no one's touching them this year. Um, they are, but you look at the company they're around. They're a point up on the LA Kings, who yep. have ten points in eight games. Um, and LA's a team that I think lots of people expect to be maybe second in the division with Edmonton. Like, sure, Vegas would be one, LA yep. Edmonton two three, and then who who knows after that, right? Yep. So LA being there, that's fine. But then you have Anaheim also at fourth at five and four and then the kraken are three five and two the oilers are two five and one the flames are two six and one and of course the sharks are eight and one so you look at the teams that the canucks are supposed to be in the mix with right the essentially edmonton and calgary and maybe yep. seattle seattle i don't see it uh edmonton i could see pulling something together because they have the talent calgary is looking a little bit cooked to me yes. um so i mean you look at that and suddenly there's no reason why this team can't be top four in the Pacific, if not top three. Yep, I agree with you, and it's 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 so nice to see. And we we kind of led with this that we are scoreboard watching on October 30th. But yeah, after 05 and two last year, I'm sure it was it was pretty bad the year before. It's so nice that maybe at American Thanksgiving we're four or five games over 500. We only have to be 11, no, maybe 12 or 13 games over 500 at the end of the season. We always talk about that's basically got to be two or three games over 500 every month. It's beautiful. I love it. I'm not. I'm not sitting here saying we're going to win the Stanley Cup, but I am saying it is such a joy to be in this position. And honestly, it's it's nice. Yeah, it's fantastic. We've been waiting for this for for the three years we've known each other. We've been waiting for this day. Yeah, we've been waiting for the team to be in the mix. It's only eight games in. We're ten yeah. percent of the way through the season, but they're yes. in the mix. They haven't been since we've yes. been doing this. Um, yes. So it's been a, a very very fun start. I'll acknowledge a couple of things real quick. Welcome, Thomas Smith. That's the name of my pastor. I don't think that's Father Smith, though, but welcome, uh, Thomas Smith. That is awesome. And Carol, 20 gift memberships was not enough for Carol, so she drops another 10. So 30 gift memberships from Carol today. Thank you, Carol, for your support. Pretty amazing stuff. Thank you very much. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if we take a look at the league, that yeah. puts the Canucks at ninth. Um, it, but they're actually, if you go by points percentage, they're in six, tied for six with the Devils and the Maple Leafs. Uh, and in the conference, that puts them yep. in fourth by points, fourth by points percentage as well. Uh, Canucks are sitting sitting pretty nice. Uh, they've got fourth a in the three... conference, only behind in Vegas, Colorado, and Dallas. Dallas, no. okay, yes. gotcha. Dallas, Dallas is five two. one and one, while the Canucks are oh. five two and one. Oh. Uh, Canucks will change that on Saturday, of course. Uh, of course, <laughs> maybe. <smoke them>. Um, <laughs> so going to uh, the Athletics model where they oh yes they project the playoffs. My favorite. Um, the Canucks have risen to 78% um, chance at a playoff spot. So almost four in five chance yeah. of making the postseason. Uh, meanwhile, you have Edmonton dropping down to 73. And you have Calgary dropping down to 53. Uh, so they're still, you know, they're they're being carried a bit by their last uh, seasons, of yeah. course, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, what's also interesting though, Nashville, uh, who's the Canucks next opponent tomorrow, who they beat last week, they've dropped down to 47%. And that's a team that the Canucks might be competing for, for a second wildcard spot. If it comes to that, um, the Kraken are all the way down at 12%. Uh, So they're essentially cooked. Um, statistically the blues who I thought, Hey, maybe they have a chance to, to maybe be interesting. 7%. They're done. Uh, so yeah, the Canucks wow. are essentially projected as of right now, uh, as yep. for this model, to be third in the Pacific behind Vegas and LA. Um, they're projecting Vegas at 109, LA at 100, and the Canucks at 98 points uh, by the end of this season. 98 points. And this was last updated, you said yesterday, correct? This, it would have been this morning. That's awesome. It's updated daily. Although I, I don't think there was any, were there any games yesterday? <laughs> I don't think right. there were. So it wasn't, it was updated the day before. <laughs> Wow. So it's interesting how they, they say Edmonton's 73% and Calgary's 53%. 20% difference, and they're only like two points apart. Is that because of just they expect Edmonton's a much better team naturally? Is that why? Yeah. I mean, you look at the guys they've got. That's yeah. uh, that's definitely helping them a lot. Um, okay. So yeah, Edmonton, Edmonton is still alive, um, very much so at least. But yeah, Calgary is uh, Calgary ain't looking too hot. I love it. I just want to, before we, we lose these, a lot of, a lot of 
action going on. You guys are being very generous. Ryan, who's getting married this Saturday, I learned on my stream. So congratulations, congratulations Ryan. Ryan, save your money, man. Save your money for your for your spouse. Anyways, five Canucks After Dark memberships. Thank you very much, Ryan. Then he does another one to make it six. Shannon uses her membership uh, message, acknowledgy. And then Ryan, oh, you know why? Ryan asked Carol to pick a number between uh, one and 10. She said seven, so that's why he gave seven memberships. Amazing, amazing. Thanks, everyone. Fair enough. We Thank appreciate you. your support. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. See, connects are winning. We're in a good mood. Our channels are doing better. And people are more generous. Isn't it funny how that happens? Everyone's everyone's happy. Everyone's it's, happy. It's, we haven't wanted the team to be bad. We've wanted the team to be good. And now that they're doing good, you know, it's it makes it makes all of this so much more fun. Uh, which is which is excellent. Um, yeah, Can I ask so thank you, something you all very about, much for being with us. Yeah, go ahead. Can I ask you something about Dom? So Dom Lachizan is the guy, one who does all these uh, mm -hmm. percentages, correct? Isn't he also the guy that did the tiers for the yes. like, players? Yours? Yes, the whole Quinn Hughes debacle. Yes. Yeah, he put him in tier three something, right? Yes. Now he's, he clarified and he said, I had him in tier two. And then we talked to a bunch of league sources and they we used their feedback to bump him oh, down. Right. The one guy who said, um, I, I'm that was not the sure one guy who said, yeah, I'm not sure how good Quinn Hughes is. Like, well, maybe you shouldn't be the guy we're asking. Um, but they did ask him. Uh, and hopefully that guy's been watching some Canucks hockey because Quinn Hughes is very, very, very good. Yeah. Who is this? Go find that guy. Okay. That's fair. Okay. So I'm not going to make a big thing about Dom being like, I was going to build up this whole thing. Well, how, how can we put so much stock into this one? But, but, but if he admitted that that wasn't his call, then I, I'll believe him. I'll give him. Yeah, it's all just statistical models. It's all just stats. It's sure. you know every model is going to be a little bit different. Yep. Um, you know, if you really want the most accurate ones, usually the way to go is to look at the, the betting sites because uh, they they have a lot of interest in in being accurate. Um, and yep. historically, Dom's model has outperformed those. Right? He makes yep. money gambling, which is not an easy thing to do. Uh, so that's fair. That that's is fair. Uh, that's usually a decent sign. Ryan uses membership message. Thank you, Ryan. Happy marriage once again this Saturday. And Shannon getting into action gets another five memberships. We have 35 new members tonight, which is amazing. Crazy. You, yeah. No, 40. It's impressive 42. counting on your part. Yeah. Well, I screwed up already. 42. 42. It's 43. 30. Who gave It one? actually tells me on the dashboard. <laughs> oh, you're so sneaky. I missed one. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Someone also could have done it without putting a, a, a thing through. Uh, you can you can stay private, I think, on those. Oh no, Tom um, bought himself a membership. That's why. That's uh, okay, why, that's why. Yes. Okay. Thank you, everyone. Regardless of who who's paying for you, thank you. <laughs> All right. So that's the that's the recaps. Um, yeah. I I, I want to bring up Rick Tockett a little bit while we're here because um, mm -hmm. he's been getting quite a bit of positivity flowing around. I mean, one the way that this team is now playing, that's obviously a, a really big part of it. Uh, he goes on after hours uh, and does a pretty good job there. And honestly, in all of his press conferences, I've I've started to become pretty impressed. And it's easy when the team's winning, but yep. he, I've I've been yep. liking what he's saying and the way he's saying things. I've even caught myself. Um, I haven't gone back and rewatched my videos because you know I'm not that much of a narcissist. But I do remember saying when he first came here, uh, I'm not so sure about this guy. He's got a losing record in Arizona. Da da da. Like I just. Maybe because I was still in love with Bruce and there's so much, uh, you know, rockiness around the team. I, I, I will admit that I probably, not that he cares what I think, but probably didn't give him enough of a fair, like clean slate when he came, to be honest. Yeah. And yeah. I I don't know if that's really, like hindsight's twenty twenty, right? That's sure, the team's yeah. been doing well. Um, but, you know, at the time... The organization seemed to have really thrown Boudreaux under the bus. Um, obviously, it was the team was miserable at that time, um, and yeah, historically, the teams he coached haven't done well, right? Yeah. Sure, it's been Arizona, right? That's that's obviously a part of it, um, but you know, he is also a part of that as well. Uh, sure. So sure. I, I don't think I don't think we were unfair in our in our sure. criticism of the hiring at the time, yeah. um, but. He seems to have, um, you know, I, again, you also, you look at his history, right? I mean, he was a, he was an enforcer in the NHL, right? I mean, you put up points, but he, you know, you, you think of Rick talking, you think of, oh, this big sort of brute that is going to be, you know, all brawn and, but you know, he, you're, yeah. and you're expecting, okay, he's going to say, Hey, play hard, play physical, uh, you know, play tight systems and whatever, but no, it's like, there's actual like, Hey, you know, we want to, we want Quinn Hughes to go out and score a bunch of goals and, 
and guys like you know Elias Patterson to play their own game, be a little more physical, sure, but you yeah. know he's he's not trying to turn the team into a bunch of him, yeah. right? Yeah, he's that's actually true. Trying to trying to adapt this team around what they can be and how to be the best that they can be, and, and I think that's admirable. I think that's that's sure. pretty impressive to have you know changed your philosophy from the time yeah. that he played to now. Yeah, and I'm going to ask you, Parker. I'll give you a couple seconds to think about, about what you like the most about him. I'll say three things real quick. I love the fact that he seems humble enough to say that. He even said today after practice, he says it doesn't. They don't have to come to me first. They can go to Gonchar or Foot or the Twins. So I, I love that that he's quite. He seems quite humble. I love the fact that he is um, using his assistant coaches in Gonchar, Foot, the Sidians, and and Mike Heel. And I love the fact that he always he's got all these. You know, we kind of make fun of it, the structure and the systems, but. I always hear him say, and I heard him on a podcast saying, meet pressure with pressure. And he keeps talking about, you don't have to kill a guy, but you got to get in front of him. I just love all these little things that are, I'm not starting to use in my own vocabulary, but at least they're kind of becoming his mantras and stuff and mantras for the team. And that meet pressure with pressure, it, it makes a lot of sense. And you kind of kind of see it the way the Canucks are playing North-South. So all to say, because of everything I just said, I think the players are buying in. JT Miller hasn't gone off in eight games, which is amazing. You have all our best players being our best players, still trying to figure out what our role players can do. But overall, yeah, how can you how can you not like what you're seeing? So, long way of asking you, uh, what do you like most about him? Yeah, I mean, one is the performance, right? Yeah. I and mean, that speaks for itself. the The team has looked different. That, like, again, I go back to that St. Louis game. Like, that's that is a, a performance that we haven't seen in ten years from this hockey mm-hmm. team uh, at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's not it's not a performance that a Bruce Boudreaux-led team I don't think would give you unless they had a ton of star power. Which this team has star power, but you know it's it was it was a different level that night. Right. Uh, and I would totally have expected them to fold against the Rangers on the second yes. night of a back to back. Right. It, it's the it's defying what we'd expect is is the biggest thing for me. Yes. Defi- yeah, and especially if what you expect. Yeah, just you're right. Not folding over, rolling over against a, a strong Rangers team. So, my last question, I know before we start previewing, is: Do you think this is sustainable? I would love to think so. Like, I don't think this is smoke and mirrors. I don't think this is a mirage. Um, I like to think it's sustainable. Yeah, I think it. I think it is, and I think it's up to the players for it to be. Um, right. Because it's not an easy way to play. Yes. Right? That's a good point. This is a team that's taken nights off in the past. And to yeah, for yeah, this yeah. style to work, you can't take a night off. You can't take a period off. They took a couple periods off, a couple second periods off, and, and we saw how those went. This is sustainable if the team is willing to play 82 games this way. Right. Uh, and that might be a tall order. That might get tougher as the season goes on when you get you know on some longer road trips, on some more back-to-backs. Um, I think conditioning is going to be really important. Um but there's no reason why it shouldn't be if uh, if they put the effort in. Okay. Okay. I'm with you. Yep. And you're right. We, we're not expecting them to go 74-0 for the rest of the season. I, I, I get that. So, okay. I, I'm, I'm calm. I feel good. I feel really good. Excellent. All right. Let's talk about the next four games real quick. Um, yep. Canucks play tomorrow, 7 p.m. against, excuse me, the Predators, Halloween night. Yep. Um, Predators, they beat 3-2 to two last week. Yep. Uh, on on Tuesday, uh, those games are exactly a week apart, which is kind of weird. Um, held them to 18 shots, like we mentioned. Just a, a pretty solid uh, game from the Canucks. Mm-hmm. Really should be a game that the Canucks win. Yep, chalk it up. Win, win number one. All right, fair enough. Game two should be easier. You are going against the 0-9 and one San Jose Sharks. Um, they are coming off. Uh, quite a bit of rest. They last played or the Sharks played last night. They don't yeah. play again until that Canucks game. So it is a what? four day gap for the San Jose Sharks. They have lots of time to rest. Um and they need it because they are oh nine and one or oh eight and you, one. You said they, they scored, scored nine goals in nine games? They've scored nine goals in nine games. They've allowed thirty five. Um sure. which is the second most in the third most in the league. And they have scored by far the least. Uh I think the next lowest is 19 though there's no the blues have scored 14 uh then after that it's 19 so all but one team has scored twice as many goals as the sharks have this year uh, okay on a scale of one to ten parker one being not worried 10 being super worried 
any trepidation on your part for this game? Uh, it's here's the thing. They, they have to win that game. <laughs> if they don't, it's just, it's such a morale breaker, right? Especially when like, look, they're five, two and one. You're yeah. against the predators, a team you should beat, uh, at least get a point against. And then you have the sharks. That sharks game has been a free win for nine teams so far. Yeah. It should be for you as well. Especially yeah. if you're going to be a good team this year. I I need to see a, a pretty solid win there because like, like you look at these two games, no reason not to be seven two and one, and yeah. especially when you start to look at some of the next opponents, you're like, all right, those are going to be tougher games. So these are two wins that you can put under your belt and say, all right, hey, now we can afford to lose to the Stars on Saturday. You obviously don't want to, but the Stars are a really good team, and it would be very understandable if they did. Um, so these are two wins that you just you just got to put them away, get them done. They're they're games that we've seen the, the Canucks lose in the past. Yeah. If they can play like they have this last week, there's nothing to worry about. Right. But who knows? And I get it's only two and a half hour flight to Northern California. Like I, it's just weird how they play in the, uh, right in the middle of a five game homestand. They have this weird one game. That's a way. Okay. Uh, you've convinced me. I'm fine. I'm fine. They win. So 17, one, 750 points percentage, 15 points out of 20. Amazing. 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 All right. Sounds good. Then they have the stars Saturday night, Hawking and Canada, 7 PM on Saturday. Yeah. Um, Stars are really good. They are, they are, they're really good. They are currently five, one and one. They've only played seven games. Mm. Um, why is this showing me their last their games last season? That's not what I'm looking for. Um, they yeah, are they playing do last year? <laughs> pretty well. Uh, they have they have the back to back in Alberta uh, Wednesday Thursday. Yeah. They have Friday night off and then they play Saturday. So it's three games and four nights, um, which might oh. have a bit of an impact. Um, as the Canucks especially are getting some rest, uh, a lot of rest early in the season here, it seems. Yeah. Um, so again, a winnable game, but a game that the Canucks are probably like 65, 35 underdogs in, maybe 70, 30. Even at home, you think it's that big? Maybe 65, 35 then. Yeah. Okay. The, the stars okay. are really good. Um, yeah. that yeah. that's, you know, they're, they're going to get, you know, they're going to have 105 points this year, maybe yeah. more. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, they're a very solid team. Yeah, okay. So this is, and yeah, we can't sit here and say the Canucks are going to go 4-0 every week. So maybe this is one they lose. Okay. Okay, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. And then Monday, they get the Oilers. Ah. The Oilers is an interesting one because by then, you know, they could realistically be 4-5-1, right? Like they, The Oilers have that firepower. They have the Stars on Thursday. Um, They don't play. Like they they played last night. They don't play till Thursday, the Oilers at least. Um, so they, they have a long break and they play Thursday yeah. and Saturday, uh, they have the stars and the Preds and they come to Vancouver, uh, for that Monday nighter. Um, they'll have a bit of rest too. that Saturday game for them is at noon, um, mm. at least our time. Um, so they'll have a, a nice big, like 55 hour gap between those games. Um, so a little bit extra rest. Um, I could really see them being two, seven and one or four, five and one by then. Uh, it could be a very different vibe going into that Monday game. Yeah, I just have a feeling that uh, this one feels to me like it's going to be way more competitive. Much like their second game, not their first game against the Canucks. And I, I don't know, two one and one overall sticking in my head for these four games. So uh, I obviously I want the Canucks to win, but maybe they go to extra extra time to lose this one. I don't know. I like I hate playing against yeah. Connor McDavid in overtime. It's scary. Yeah, it's a loss if that happens. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think two one ones probably uh, like again. I'd be, I'd be happy with that, right? Like yeah, one more game above five hundred. Yeah, um, but I, I yeah, I I'd love three and one. I'll sure. even predict three and one, but I All think right, it'll good. be two one and one, maybe two and but, two. Yeah. But I'm gonna say three and one. All right, you sure three and one? <laughs> no, but I'll take it. I'll go two one and one. I can't believe that I'm I'm being the the pessimist of the two of us, but yes, I'll go I'll go two one and one. But I will happily take three and one, obviously. Of course. <laughs> All right. Should we go to the people? Let's do potentially? it. We got about 10 minutes left here, folks. If you want to get some questions in, by the way, while you're here and we are waiting uh, for those questions to file in, make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you are subscribed to the channel. Uh, we're trying to get those sub numbers up. You know, why, why, not, why not push for 2K? Let's let's see if we can uh, we can get those moving. Um, oh, yeah. So so thank you guys very much for, for being here. Um, yeah. Yeah, hit subscribe if you haven't already. While these questions come in, uh, subscribe to Parker already too. He's uh, almost at four thousand subscribers. Was awesome. Get getting there. there. Get him there. 
getting getting on the way to 4K. I think I'm at like 3880 or something. Beautiful. Um, so we first questions coming from Peter. Uh, thoughts on PD so far, despite not being 100%. I don't know if he's not 100% like still. I think he might be at this point. Uh, but he's racking up points like it's nothing. Lots of games broadcast mentioned like Miller. Uh, he's either had multi-point games or no points. Um, yeah, they, they seem to come in bunches. What are yeah. your thoughts on PD so far? I think he's been fine. I, I think maybe he looked wonky that one game after taking the Tyler Myers slap shot. But aside from that, I think he's fine. Um, yeah, and I don't put any stock into him miss, missing those two empty netters. He, the points show, and and yeah, and it's and it's only eight games, so I, I don't worry about the fact that he's either had zero or two or three points, and there's no one point games for him. That's just the way that the team has been. They it's been really feast or famine. There's only been famine once. They've been shut out once. Other than that, they've been scoring well, so I, I, I'm fine with this play. Yeah, he's been totally fine. Um, yeah, he's been he's been very very good. Yeah. I, I see. You know, that's that's a 105 point player. Uh, his defensive game has been so good too. So many plays where he just comes back casually, lifts the stick, takes the puck away, and turns it up. Yes, or plays it back to the D. Uh, that's been so big. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, Lil Slammer asks uh, thoughts on uh, oh, man. Why did I click this one? Because now I have to say Brustevich. His last name Brustevich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I like it. Hunter Brustevich. <laughs> Uh, 13 games, five goals, 20 assists. He's the OHL points leader, and he's a D-man, by the way. Wow. Uh, and, right shot. Uh, yeah. yeah, their third third round pick. Uh, and then Jonathan Karamaki is the SHL goal leader. Um, it, it's great. Uh, I mean, obviously, Brustavich was not projected to, you know, third round pick. Usually, they don't pan out. And this, by no means, is saying that he will, right? Um, mm-hmm. But it's a great start. Uh, so very happy to see some, some good progression there. And yeah, when you got two guys in two separate leagues as prospects, um, you know, dominate or leading their leagues, especially when one of them is leading the SHL. Um, remember who did that, uh, a handful of years back, back in like 2018, uh, it was Elise Pedersen. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> right. I'm not saying like Harry Mackey's Pedersen by no means. I don't think he's that close. Um, but uh, after last year being a pretty iffy year for Lucario Mackey to, to come out and, and be putting pucks in the net. Uh, fantastic. By the way, I'm just, I, I listened to everything you just said, but uh, I, I guess I got corrected. It. It's Brutz. How do you say this? Brutz Stavich. Did we just miss the T? Well, it wasn't you. It was I, me. Here's the I, thing. I the NHL okay. pronunciation guide does not include his name yet. So yeah. it's a write off for me. Yeah. I'm uh, calling him once he makes it, then I will probably try to get it right. Um, but there's no good sources here yeah. um, Oops, sorry. as of right now. Right. I put this up. We'd be remiss mm. to mention the the tragedy of Adam Johnson. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, we won't talk too much about the incident. Everyone's talked about it. Everyone, Some people have seen it. Some people haven't. But the question coming out of it, um, Parker, do you think, whether or not they should be, do you think net guards will become mandatory? I don't think they will. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of it is just the the number of incidents that right. have, that have occurred, obviously it's tragic and it, it's a scary thing that can happen. Um, yeah. Yeah. especially I think at lower levels, um, where yeah. people are less in control. Um, and I, I'm not talking like, like, you know, European hockey, I'm talking like lower levels. Um, yeah. Yeah. you know, net guards yeah. are always mandatory growing up, um, you know, in minor hockey, but then once you hit, I think once you hit like 16 or 18, they're like, well, you don't need to wear them anymore. And everyone was quick to get rid of them. People yeah. didn't like them. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think it'll be tough to sort of spring that on um, at the pro level. Uh, yeah. You know, they're, these they're, these guys don't like change. You know, I know, they're, I know. They're, you know how long it took them to put visors on their helmets? Like, Yeah, but that, that's the thing. But uh, So I, I hear what you're saying, but then I do think uh, because of the helmets, now mandatory and even a warm up now because of the visors. I do think yeah. that potentially this could happen. I, it might take yeah. a while, but I think it could happen. Yeah, for sure. And I think especially even if the requirement is just that you wear one of those basically base layers that has the the sort of turtleneck almost because mm. um, those are very common um, for guys at least that wear a base layer under their gear. Um, it yeah. seems weird that those just wouldn't be sort of the default, honestly. Right, right, right. Yes, very sad. Very sad. Thank you, Fangirl, for, for asking it, for sure. For sure. Oh, here's a good one from Ricky. A lot of confusion about John Garrett being on a few national Sportsnet broadcasts. I thought he retired. What's the deal there? Parker, correct me if I'm wrong. He retired from the regional broadcasts, and he did say at the time that he would still be involved in other 
Sportsnet projects, including national. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that is, that is what he said. He said, yeah, I'm basically not, I'm, I'm done with the sort of the day to day grind, right. Doing yeah. 70 games or however many that ends up being over the course of the year. Um, mm-hmm. so now I'm, yeah, he said he'll do, you know, a handful, uh, of national broadcasts. So right, yeah, right. I'm sure he'll end up doing a, a couple of Canucks ones throughout the year. Um, right. which would be great, but yeah, yeah I think, uh, I think he probably wanted that workload to go maybe from 65, yeah. 70 games, maybe down to 2025, 20, which is yes. a lot more manageable. By the way, chat, uh, let me know Ricky and anyone else. Has he been on, or maybe, you know, Parker, has he been on already this year or is that coming up? Yeah, he was on he was. last week or earlier, oh. like yeah, the week that just passed, he was on, I think it was like a, an Ottawa game. Weird. Yeah, it was weird. Oh, okay. Good to know. Good to know. All right. Um, you've been looking at the chat more than I have. So oh, if you've got any more that you want to grab. Do you think Garland not putting up numbers is hurting his trade value? Well, he's working hard. I always notice him. He didn't yeah, do much. I think, we, <laughs> I think you said this last week that he always looks like he's moving. Um, yeah, of course it is. Um, yeah. I, I, not that he had much to begin with. Right. But... Can't be helping. I, I genuinely think, yeah, like what we said, you might maybe you can fetch a number 60 man if the yeah. Canucks retain salary. That even might be going out the window, right? Who wants to pay, who wants to be locked up 5 million bucks on the cap now for a player that the Canucks really can't afford for the next yeah. couple of years? Yeah. It's, yeah, they, the Canucks have no leverage in that situation. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and he's not going to displace anyone in the top six right now, that's for sure, especially with McKay nope. back. Uh, Gerald, I got to meet Gerald at the game on the weekend, which is awesome. What do you think about dismissed rebound control and his black pads? Um, I haven't noticed anything about his rebound control. Yeah. Um, like it hasn't stood out to me as an issue. So um, I'm not sure if uh, I'm not sure if you're implying that or if or if it's been good and I just haven't been focused on it. Um, yeah. But I would say I haven't noticed like big juicy rebounds coming through. And DeSmith has played played really well. Yeah. Um, yeah. The black I mean, pads is is yeah. funny. Um, especially because Ian Clark is very, you know, white pads. You wear white pads no matter what. Ian Clark has said that before? Oh, yeah. He's he's very anti-anything but white pads. I did not Um, know that. So seeing that DeSmith had black pads uh, in uh, in the practice today for... uh, For tomorrow. I mean, for breaking in the black skate gear. Right, 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 right. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, That was interesting. Yeah, no, I'm trying to think of the goals, Gerald. Um, uh, the, The ones that he let in yesterday against the Rangers, or sorry, Saturday. And I don't think any of them were rebounds, right? They're all uh, one-timers or quick deflections or yeah. wrist shots straight through them. Yeah, yeah. There was the one rebound against the Rangers um, on that power play that came out to Fox, and then he fired ah. it across as a man of jazz. Right, right, right. That was right, a big right. rebound, but it's also a power play, and there was a big scramble in front. Yeah. Uh, that That's not enough to set off any alarms. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I haven't noticed it in, in an issue for sure. For sure. By the way, are you a big helmet guy? Like, do you under, or goalie mask and everything? Do you even look no, at those? Sometimes. Okay. Not so, really do you well. have do you have an answer to this? What are your thoughts on the two goalies' black jersey helmets? Demko's yeah. reminds me of Corey Hirsch's. Yeah, I haven't. I, I don't. Know. I don't know if I've actually looked at them yet. Um, either. So I I don't have a good answer for that, unfortunately. Yeah, me neither. Which makes me, me neither. makes me feel bad. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I I, I <laughs> sorry, Jed. That was a very bad sorry, answer. Sorry, I don't have us. a good answer for you. Uh, I don't have the pictures in front of me. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. What else? Um, you, I'm just looking to. Yeah, there's a lot of. Um, I mean, there's some talk about uh, sort of going away from the Canucks. I know there's a lot of talk about like, is Markstrom going to have to leave Calgary? Uh, which I thought was interesting. Obviously, yeah. he wouldn't come here. Um, but I thought that was interesting. And then Gerald sort of says, you know, oh, we'll yeah. try to grab Sidorov or Tanev from the Flames if they're if they end up having a fire sale because um, they're getting old. Um, and they're not playing very well. Um, is that something that you'd push for? Or? I'm, I'm looking at Zadora's cap hit. I'm feeling it's big. Oh, three eight, three eight. Yeah, it's big, but it's not unreasonable. And he's 28 years old, eh? Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not. I just not really in love with Zadorov personally. Um, I mean, obviously Tanev's great. Um, how old is he now? Like. 33, maybe. Okay, 34. Yeah, 33 on cap friendly. Yeah, yeah, turns 34 later this year. Um, I mean, he's always been solid. I don't know if he'd want to come back here. I mean, he got interviewed by BX uh, yesterday in his classic and uh, and sort of 
talked some smack about the Heritage Classic in Vancouver, which was funny. Oh, um, it was weird. It was weird. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, they're both right shot D. No, Zadora's. Oh, they list them as both. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Zadora's a left. Tanner's a right. I don't know. I I wouldn't. Maybe I'm. I'm not saying Mark Friedman is better than Chris Tanner, <laughs> but I don't know. Do you, do you, do you disrupt what's going on right now? I don't know. I think the problem the Canucks have is depth, right? Yeah. Um, right. I, I'm very happy with the six the way they are now. I, I'm Tyler Myers, great game the other day. I'm not sold. Um, but yeah, I mean, I you know Mark Friedman has been really good. Ian Cole has been really good. Um, Philip Peronic has been great. Uh, Susie's been good. Um, I, I was worried about Susie coming into the year. He is. He's been totally fine. Um, yeah, I I. I wouldn't want to mess with anything until an injury occurs, which it definitely will. And then you have a Jules in the lineup or a wire in the lineup. <laughs> and then you're, you're starting to get a little bit iffy. That is true. That is true with, and don't forget breeze is still out long-term. Yeah. It falls off pretty quick. Yeah. As much as we like Hirose and Willanen and, and breeze and Jules and McCord, those aren't, uh, those aren't bonafide quality proven NHL defensemen. Let's put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yikes. All right. They may call you up. Yeah, that wouldn't go well. Um, well, folks, thank you very much for joining us tonight uh, on this lovely Monday night with the 5, 2, and 1 Canucks. Um, make sure you're subscribed. Hit the like button. If you missed any part, you can rewind back to the beginning or you can find it on your favorite podcast platform in a matter of minutes. Listen to it on the work or on the way to work tomorrow if you'd like. Um, Clay, any parting words this Monday evening? 5, 2, and 1, Second Pacific. Uh, some winnable games have we, as we've talked about. I'm just... Uh, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy for, for the team. I'm happy for people covering the team, content creators like us. I'm happy for fans um, who just want to see a, a winning team. So let's let's keep it going and see how long it can last for, for sure. Yeah, I'm a little scared. Like, I'm looking ahead. I'm like, how long is this going to last? But then part of me is like, hey, we haven't been in this scenario in a while. Let's just enjoy it while it's here. <laughs> so yes. uh, thank you Amen. all. Thank you all very much for joining. Have a lovely Monday night. Have a lovely week. And we'll see you next time.